Let us pray. Spirit of God, come, fill your church. Come and fill everyone that's listening, wherever they are. Maybe some on their own. Bless them, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Those in families, bless them. Holy Spirit, come. Pour out your love, your grace, your power upon your church, we pray. Lord, that we may take your love to the nations, to our nation, to our community, our neighbourhood, our friends, our families, our work colleagues. Holy Spirit, come. And Lord, we pray as we open your word together that you will speak through your word. Bring understanding. Illuminate truths into our lives. Equip us, Lord, to live for you, to worship you, to represent you. Holy Spirit, come. Fill your church, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's uh, so lovely to have Deb leading uh, live worship this morning. It's been beautiful uh, to be able to worship together uh, in this way. Thank you, uh, Deb. And uh, she'll be back at the end of the service with a final song uh, just to lead us in worship again. We are going into a new preaching series uh, today, uh, taking us through to the end of November as we look at Scattered Church. Um, we uh, believe this is what God is saying to the church, and I know not only to community church, but other uh, churches are also taking the same sort of preaching series, and so we are uh, believing that God is doing something in the church, uh, and uh, we want to be part of that. We want to see what God is saying to his church at this time. Of course, we've been uh, working our way through this year with different teachings, uh, different uh, preaching series uh, that we uh, uh, believe God has led us in. We preached through 2 Corinthians uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, and that was a real blessing as we did that. When, when we came into lockdown, we thought we would uh, preach into what it means to have hope uh, in a time of crisis. None of us knew uh, what this looked like or uh, what God was going to do in this time, so we preached through hope. Uh, and then uh, just for the, the month of July, we looked at uh, the four fields. Uh, what does it mean uh, to church plant, uh, to make disciples, to share the gospel and connect with people? Uh, we went backwards through uh, those four fields. And then uh, during August, we uh, had, a, a, I think, a great series looking about what does it mean to grow in faith? And we looked at some Old Testament characters, Abraham, Joseph, Moses and uh, David, and just looked at what God was teaching us through uh, those passages. We are now going to be looking at Scattered Church and we're very much indebted to uh, this book. And I want to recommend it to you. Um, if you want uh, to read this through over the next couple of months, um, it really will fit well into what we're preaching. Um, a lot of the uh, 
uh, ideas and, and some of our uh, sermon weeks will be based upon this book. It's called Scattered Servants by Alan Scott, full of great testimonies of what God is doing. Uh, I recommend it to you, either uh, a proper version like this or on Kindle, uh, whatever you use. And uh, we're going to, you'll see how that ties into our preaching as we go through the next few months. Our, our titles for preaching, uh, Scattered Servants, uh, which is what I'm going to be doing today, just introducing uh, the theme and introducing uh, what we're going to do. Kingdom authority, kingdom ministry, everyone, everywhere, every day. Repositioning the church so that we reach the lost. Stewarding the supernatural. We've just said, uh, sung, a spirit of God. Uh, pour out upon your church and, and, and we want to steward what God is doing uh, not just when we're gathered but when we're scattered as well and we want to uh, have dreams that, uh, what God is saying to us and we want to be free to dream big dreams God-sized vision and then release to go and do what God has called you to do loving our neighbours and then how do we carry this culture wherever we go. So there's nine uh, preaching weeks. In between some of these, we'll have some guest speakers as well. Um, we've got Peter Vincent coming at the end of this month, uh, and others that will come after that. Uh, and that will lead us right into, uh, unfortunately, Christmas, because Christmas is coming, and uh, it's going to be here very, very quickly. Uh, so this, these nine weeks will flow through uh, to the beginning of December. But I want to recommend uh, Alan Scott's book to you. We're indebted uh, to this book. So, so at some of the things that you will hear us quote and say even today come exactly from that book. So please buy the book uh, and read it over the next uh, few weeks. So in uh, starting straight away into uh, what Alan Scott says, he asks these questions uh, in the book. He says, what, what if? Some what if questions. What if God really does? want everyone to be saved? That, that question, uh, we, we, we know that he says that in his words, um, but what if we believed it? What if we actually thought, well, God's heart is for everybody to be saved? What if uh, God's invitation to go after the lost, what if we took that seriously? When Jesus says, go and make disciples, when he says, go into the harvest, when he expects uh, the good seed to be fruitful 30, 60, 100 times, what if we took that seriously? What, what if, uh, we, when we're gathered, the gathering is marked by the, the holy, awesome presence of God? So that when people come in, they think, wow, surely God is with these people. What if, when we're scattered, that we're, we are still empowered by that same Spirit, that he takes us and, and leads us wherever we go? What if it would be normal for people come to faith every single day. We're praying for one person a week to come to faith and we're not even seeing that. What if we believe God and his word that actually, that daily people were added to the church? And what if our gathering, our services, the time when we come together attracted the lost and empowered the found. These are great questions that, that, that are good for us just to reflect upon, uh, just to see uh, what will be our answers, what is our faith levels in some of these questions. He quotes this uh, on page 18, if you want to uh, really get into the book and, and see where this comes from. It is not especially challenging to create irresistible gathered environments, but the call is to release unstoppable 
impassioned, scattered servants. That's, that's the call upon us. That's the call that God has given us as a church. And what we're going to be looking at in, in lots of different ways, and uh, this has been uh, my own fair hands drawing this, uh, so please forgive the, the simplicity of the people, especially uh, on this. Um, but what if we were attractional, i.e. The, the, the lost would see the church and see God is at work, and they would want to come and be gathered together, but also missional. Now, some teaching that you may read would put one against the other, and they would decry church gatherings actually that's that's gone actually we're, we're just scattered into the world and and that that's where we're going to be and that's what god has said but we we, we want to look through this series and see that god wants both jesus was attractional he attracted people to him they came and found jesus and we are uh, representing jesus so we were a church that is attractional but we want to be a church that is missional gathered and scattered that's the the big theme of this preaching series and so I hope as we go through this we will see that God equips us to go that the Holy Spirit is with us whether we're, to get, we're gathered together or whether we're scattered so let's listen uh, to uh, today's Bible reading Adola's going to bring us our Bible reading today it's from Acts chapter 8 uh, verses 1 to 8 Good morning church My name is Dola. I'm reading from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, from verse 1 to verse 8, the New King James Version. Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the Apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere, preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. God bless the reading of his word. Thank you, Dola, for our Bible reading. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 8. If you have your Bibles, please keep it open uh, on those verses. As we go through this morning, I'm going to be referring uh, to this passage. There was a a seismic event that happened upon the church. Persecution came. Stephen had been martyred. He had been stoned to death. And uh, and Paul was, was was Saul at that time, was persecuting the church. And so they were scattered. Something happened that scattered the church. There was, there was a, a, a world event, if you like, in their world. And, and I want to say, and I want us to compare this to the world event that's going on at the moment, that, that as a church, something uh, seismic has happened, something that I've never seen in my lifetime and nor in your lifetime, 
that, that we, we are unable to gather together like we usually do, that there's something has changed on the church. And I want us to look at the comparison to what happened when persecution came, to what's happening today in the church. And, uh, and we read this, on that day, great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. All except the apostles were scattered through Judea and Sumeria. And so we see that, that um, the church that had been gathering in Jerusalem, they were meeting together. In Acts chapter 2, we, say, we see that they gathered together daily. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And uh, it goes on to all the things they did. And every day, verse 46, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You see, so they, they, they gathered together. They were gathering church and God was blessing them, adding to their number. The church was growing, but God has, has more for them. Jesus actually told them that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so there was something bigger for the church that they hadn't quite grasped yet. And, and in Jerusalem they were gathering. A, a wonderful, it would have been wonderful to be there. They were committed to one another. God was with them. But there was a bigger picture. There was a mission that they had to fulfil. And so God I believe, sent persecution to stir the church into what it means to be uh, attractional and gathered and also missional and scattered. See, this is a both and. And God wants us to send people out. And we, every one of us, are sent out. And so the, the, the church was sent out. They were scattered out. And what do we see? Well, first of all, I want us to, to, to say that actually that uh, we must not stop gathering together. Even though we're looking at scattered church and we're going to put our focus on what it means when we go, I want to say that this is, this is not to say we're not going to be gathered. We love gathering together. There's something beautiful about it. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says we mustn't stop gathering together. And at the moment we're struggling because of the restrictions because of COVID. But gathering is something beautiful. The best we are able to do is to gather on Zoom, uh, gather around the online stream. And, 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 and sometimes it perplexes me how people don't want to gather. They'll make any excuse. Uh, even when we were able to meet in person, uh, it depends. If it's a nice day, I'm going to go to the beach instead of going to church. Or, or actually, I, I'm too busy this week. Uh, I, I can't commit to life group because I'm working. Uh, or whatever it is, I, I don't understand how people can be disobedient to the word of God when it says we must gather together. It's imperative for us. We, we must do this. It is something that's really important. There are things that we can do together that we cannot do on our own. There's something about the community of the church which is so beautiful, so lovely. It, it, again, it, it worries me when I see people not coming to life group it, or, or not gathering in any way during the week. And yet when you speak to them, they're, they're down the gym every day or they're, they're doing this every day. They've got time for other things. But when it comes to the church, it's not a priority. That's not what I read in the New Testament. The New Testament church committed, they were devoted to gathering together and God blessed that 
gathering. So I don't want us to get to the stage as we go through uh, this preaching series that we think we're just about being out there. No, we love the gathering of the church. And we are struggling at the moment on Zoom. It's lovely in, in here in, in Chadwell St Mary where we're meeting. We've got Jean here, we've got Anita here, uh, Deb's with us, we've got the tech team with us, you know, so we've got seven people. It, it feels a little bit like church. It's lovely. But it's not what we're used to. And so I want to, to encourage you to commit to being together in whatever way we can. And for us as a community church, when we, when we do are able to gather, that's a Sunday morning. Uh, I, I think Sunday mornings are, are wonderful. It's, it's biblical. New Testament uh, church met on Sunday mornings. Uh, and and uh, it's a tradition for us uh, in our culture. But in other cultures, in other ways, it may be a different day. I don't think it matters when we meet or how we meet. I think it's imperative that we meet. And at the moment, we gather on Zoom uh, for prayer and for life groups. I want to encourage you to connect in. If you're listening from a different church, connect in to a local group that will keep you gathering in some way through this time. What can we do when we wake up? Well, I think there's something about community. Just touching base uh, every week with people. There's something important about that. I think that we, we can one another when we gather. We, we, we can see each other. We can see each other and, and we can look into someone's eyes and see how they're really doing. Pastorally, it's important to gather. I think there's something about anti-consumerism that, that we will have to face at the moment, we, when we're streaming like this, it's more or less on demand. We live an on-demand sort of life. And, and that's great to an extent. But it also means that I can watch it when I want. I can uh, do it during the week instead of gathering with the rest of the church. I, 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 I can do what I want to do. And there's something about we, there's something about us that is important about Gathering. Uh, gathering gives us opportunity to serve one another. Gathering gives us opportunity to pray with one another. Gathering uh, helps us to disciple one another. Gathering helps us to do theology together, to learn doctrine. One of the dangerous things is, and we've, I've seen this even in this lockdown, people are going to other places for their doctrine. And when I hear what they're getting, I say, it's not right. It's, the, it's not what the Bible teaches. But when we're together, we can keep one another on course. Discipline is an important factor of what it means to gather together. Accountability is absolutely key. Gathering together gives us some accountability one to another. You can't hide because you're face to face. Unity. And as we've uh, been singing this morning, as we uh, understand that when we come together, there's, there's something about the holy presence, the, the awe of God upon his people as we gather and Worship. We are the, the spiritual temple of the living God. And I know collectively uh, that's true and individually that's true, but there's something wonderful about gathering. So let's not stop gathering. But there are dangers of gathering and whatever way we do it and whenever we do it. There's this consumer mentality which we're, we're fighting against in the church where the church is seen as a dispenser of religious goods and services. People come to the church to be fed, to have their needs met through quality programs and to have their professionals teach their children about God. That's the danger. 
of uh, the gathering, especially uh, in uh, larger churches, uh, 21st century churches. There's a danger of shifting towards that. But you see, what we read in the New Testament is a body together that are sent on mission who gather in community for worship, for community encouragement, from teaching from the Word, in addition to what they are self-feeding themselves and their family through the week. How we gather is important. What we do when we gather is important. It should equip us. It should encourage us. It should lead us to, to higher worship, higher prayer. And it should reflect back on what God has been saying to us through the week as we've been reading and studying the Word and spending time with God. The difference between the two is one is I go to church, the other one, I am the church. And I want us to know, especially as we look at this gathered to scattered, that that you, I, we are the church. We are the church. We don't go to church. We, we are the church. We go to a building. We go to somebody's front room. We, we go uh, to a cafe, wherever we, we gather, to gather as church. But we are the church. And that is going to have massive implications as we go through this preaching series to know that God has chosen you. He's given you authority. He's given you a ministry. He sent you because you are the church. So we're gathered, um, but we're also a scattered people as well. As we read in this, uh, the, the persecution scattered the, the uh, disciples through Judea and Samaria. And of course, this is what Jesus uh, told us. He told us, go into all the world. He said, go and proclaim everywhere. Go and make disciples of all nations. So, so it shouldn't be a surprise that when the church didn't go and they stayed in Jerusalem, when explicitly Jesus said to them, you've got to go to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, that God sent persecution to do that. Why is God sending us this pandemic at the time? What is he saying to us as a church? What is he saying, look, I've told you this and yet you're not doing it. We need to reflect so that when we are released uh, to gather and to go into the world in different ways, what is God saying to us? Jesus very clearly had uh, this, this mission of going, being sent. We are not to stop gathering and we are scattered. A gathered and scattered people. And what happened here is that um, in Jerusalem there were mainly Jews, uh, or those who were converted to Judaism, uh, gathered there. So they were, were just reaching the people of God. Godly people. That's where they were reaching. But when God scattered them, uh, they, uh, Philip went to Samaria. And so immediately, the, the Gentiles in Samaria, the, the God had taken the church from just meeting God's people to meeting those that are not yet God's people. And, and there's a principle here uh, that, uh, that we need to realise that when we're gathered, mainly we're amongst God's people, which is beautiful and wonderful. But God has given us a heart, has given us a mission to go and reach those that are not yet God's people. He's sending us out to reach the lost. That's the heart of God. And uh, when we look uh, further on, we see that uh, the, the, the church was changed here from a few leaders to all disciples. It says that 
all except the apostles were scattered. And those who had been scattered preached the word. And what we see here is, is we read up until uh, more or less uh, this t- uh, chapter, Acts 1-7, to that the work of God is through the apostles. And it's the apostles' teaching, it's the apostles' miracles. And, and we see what God is doing through the apostles. But all of a sudden, what happens is God sends out the church. And we see that the apostles actually don't even go. And so from an a, a apostle-led church, because elders hadn't yet been appointed, from an apostle-led church, all of a sudden the church was released or sent or scattered. And the leaders of the church weren't even there. These were ordinary, no-named disciples preaching the gospel of God wherever they went. There was a release. Actually, no, the church is not the apostles. You are the church. All disciples, anyone who follows Jesus, has the same power, the same authority, the same calling as the apostles. Yes, there are different gifts, but we are all uh, given the authority of Jesus to represent him. We are the church. And we see the change here. That all disciples, these, these ordinary believers, men and women of God, were scattered to do the work of God. And, and also, not just from few leaders to all disciples, we see from one gift, in which was the apostolic gift, to many gifts. And uh, we see those who have been scattered preached. So we see a preaching gift, a, a, a declaration, a proclamation gift of the gospel. Philip, who was an evangelist. And so now we've seen the apostles. Now we have an evangelist who goes down to Samaria. We see that there were signs and wonders uh, there. We see there was healings. Uh, there was deliverance. You see, all of these gifts are now released to the church from, from one apostolic gift to many, many Gifts. In Ephesians 4, we read about the, the gifts that are given to the church, the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, the teacher. All of these gifts are given to the church. But if we read in Ephesians 4 why they were given to the church, it, it, it just shows us that they were given for mission. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 10, it says, He who descended is the one who ascended, higher than all the heavens, in order to fill the whole universe. So, so the gifts of the, 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 the fivefold ministry gifts in Ephesians 4 were given so that Jesus will be uh, proclaimed and fill the whole universe. This, this ongoing of the glory of God filling the earth and filling the heavens. This was the purpose of the gifts, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach maturity, the fullness of Christ. And so all of these gifts were released. And as we come through this series, we've got a a week talking about how do we steward the supernatural, the gifts that God has given us. How do we steward that? Because if we don't use the gifts, we'll lose the gifts. And I want to say that the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is upon you. You can go. Jesus actually said, go and heal the sick. Who are you going to pray for this week that they might be healed? Go and and share the gospel. Go and drive out demons. Go and pray for signs and wonders and miracles. The gifts were released to the whole church. And I wanted to be encouraged that we can see that. The apostles were still in Jerusalem, yet God was doing a mighty thing through the church. And so the gifts were released to the church. 
And then we see uh, they start to go uh, from uh, local to global. They got hold of this global vision that Jesus had spoken to them about. That they were, went into, from Jerusalem to Samaria, and then as we read through Acts, to the ends of the earth. The, 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 there's something here that, that, that they said, we were going to do what Jesus said we should be doing. And God had to stir them, he had to push them out. But then they got on with the job, they got on with the mission, and we see the, the, the good news of Jesus reaching the whole earth. And so we see this change from local to global. We need to be aware that we are part of a global move of God. We are part of the global church. And when Steph preached a few uh, weeks ago, he spoke to us about this, that, that every local church should be involved in church planting locally, uh, uh, in our region, and globally. What are we doing? How do we pray for the world? How do we pray for nations? And I, I really believe that God will raise up people from community church to go to the nations. We will be sending people to nations all over the world. Now, God has brought the nations to us and we can got people groups all around us that we can minister to, but I do believe there will be those, maybe a few, that will go Go to the nations. We are in a global mission. And the church was changed here from local to global. Even this pandemic has opened up our eyes. All of a sudden, online, we are reaching people all over the world. People from all over the UK joining at Alpha. People from America joining in. Uh, I think Linda's watching even now. Uh, bless you, Linda. People from Spain were joining in, from Japan, we, we, from, from Nigeria. We, we were able to reach the whole world online. There's been, been a shift in our vision from local to global. And, and I want us to say, as we come out of this pandemic, as we release, let's not lose that focus that God has called us to take the gospel to the nations. And then we see that the gospel was preached and demonstrated. You see, Philip preached the gospel, but there was also healings, deliverance ministry. There was a demonstration of the gospel as he went. And I want us to know that the gospel that we preach is holistic. It's an all-encompassing gospel. Let me say that the gospel will change your health. The gospel will change your employment. The gospel will change your relationship. The gospel will change your marriage. It is the gospel that does it. It's a holistic gospel. We come with the gospel with words, with works and with wonders. Let's just not think that when we do a kind deed in the supermarket, that's not the gospel being demonstrated. It is. Let's not think that when we're healing the sick, that that's not the gospel demonstrated. It is. And let's not think that when we share Jesus and we tell someone about Jesus, that we, we have to do everything else. No, that's the gospel. It's all. It's encompassing the whole of our lives. And we see here that the gospel was preached and there were healings, and there was deliverance. The Holy Spirit was at work. And I want to encourage us to look for what the Holy Spirit is doing as we go about our everyday life. And that any act of kindness, any work that we can do, any generous gift that we can make, any, anything that we can do to help someone, is the gospel demonstrated. I want us to have new faith for praying for the sick, that they will be healed, so that the gospel is demonstrated. And I want us to be telling people, speaking about Jesus wherever we go. The gospel changes lives. It's changed our lives. It's changed my life. And it will continue to do so as we follow Jesus. So the gospel was preached 
and demonstrated. And the result of all this in verse 8 was that there was great joy in the city. Wouldn't it be wonderful uh, for those living in Chafford 100, for example, uh, where we are based, uh, where we first started nearly 25 years ago, wouldn't it be great if it was said of Chafford 100 that there was great joy in Chafford 100 because of the church, because the gospel had been preached, because people had been healed? Wouldn't it be great if there was great joy in Chadwell St. Mary because of what God was doing? Wouldn't it be great if there was great joy in South Ockenden because God was at work? What about Basildon, the Holy Spirit moving on there and joy was released into Basildon? What about Thurrock, Essex, UK? Wouldn't it be wonderful to see the joy of the Lord springing up in our communities because all that God is doing. We've been called to go. We've been called to gather and to go. Attractional and missional. Gathered and scattered. This is what we're going to be looking at through this series. Are we ready to partner with God as he takes us into our communities to minister the good news for Jesus? Are we ready to go and minister to the poor, the lonely, uh, the depressed, the grieving, uh, the broken-hearted, the prisoners, uh, the marginalised, those that suffer injustice? Are you ready to do that? We can't do it on our own. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to go. Let's receive more of the Holy Spirit. Let's ask him to come and fill his church, so that we are empowered, we're emboldened, we we are encouraged to go. And as we go, we rely upon the Holy Spirit to give us gifts as needed, as he uh, wants to. And, uh, And we go in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We are a gathered and scattered church. We are called to go. The purpose of gathering, one of the purposes of gathering is to equip us for going. Jesus, Matthew 28, verse 19, says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And I will be with you. Surely I will be with you until the end of the age. When we go, we don't go on our own. We go with Jesus. We go with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit will so saturate his church that we will be so full of Jesus that when we go, it will be normal. It will be every day that we just speak to people about our Saviour. That when we're scattered, we go and we bring joy to the city. Healing, deliverance, freedom, miracles. Good news. Let's bring Jesus wherever we go. Let's pray that God will speak to us through this series. There's lots of different aspects to this that we're going to look at. Let's pray God will equip us, he will lead us, and will help us as we go. And we go with Jesus. We go with the Spirit's anointing. But we must go. Let us pray. I want to spend some time Uh, reflecting uh, upon this word about what uh, God is saying to us as a church.
Let's allow the Holy Spirit to come upon each one of us. Let's allow God to to minister through his words. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, as we are gathered uh, this morning online, uh, Lord, we pray that you will build your church. You will equip us. You will uh, help us to be encouraged in you. Holy Spirit, fill us with your anointing, your power, your authority. Give us courage even this week. Lord, may we live for you and you alone. Be glorified, Lord, in your church. We thank you for the the glorious, radiant church. We thank you that you gather us together in community with brothers and sisters. What a joy it is to gather together. But Lord, as we gather, we know that you're preparing us to go. So as we go into this week, Holy Spirit, we know that you are with us, that you have commissioned us, authorised us to go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you are doing through your church. We thank you for every testimony of wonderful uh, connections and opportunities that you're giving us. And we pray for more, Lord. More, Lord. More people to be saved. More people to be uh, healed, Lord. We pray uh, for a, a new outpouring of your Spirit upon your church that will overflow into our communities. Fill us, Lord, with your love, your grace, and your peace, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.